Um, yeah, Olinda, just tell us tell us a bit about yourself. So I'm a Yinda. Um, I'm 22. Um, I'm just recently graduated in university. Um, I've done sports science. And uh, I'm a level three personal trainer and a level three fitness instructor. And I have a fitness page, Oyenda underscore fitness, very cliche name, but yeah, Oyenda <laughs> underscore fitness, um, which basically, yeah, just basically I just post motivational stuff on there, um, work out, give people advice um, on obviously keeping it um, healthy and active um, and just how to keep fit really and just have a better lifestyle. That's about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But have you yeah, always had an interest in that then? Definitely, yeah, because I used to play, I used to play football. So I started at the age of like 10. So I was yeah. playing football, played for Colchester United and then wow. Essex FA and then County as well, Essex County, played for Ipswich Lady for a while. And then centre um, mid, so CDM. Okay. Or centre back sometimes if I needed yeah. to, to play those positions, yeah. But yeah, so I've always like been into fitness really, like all my life. So since playing football, just obviously you know going to training, turning up, having SNC sessions, um, and then obviously studying sports science at uni as well. So it kind of kind of correlates with my lifestyle. So yeah, that's yeah. literally been my love of fitness. And you know, my I have younger siblings as well who also play football. Um, they're obviously into fitness as well. So it's kind of like a family thing as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay, okay. I don't know how I was trying to do that before or after sports science. Was you already personal training? Yeah, so how it worked was um, I was actually for university. So we do this, Essex, you know, do this summer school thing. So oh, yeah. um, they they have like different courses which you can sign up to. So the one that stood out for me was personal trainer. And um, yeah. so, yeah, so just done it for two weeks. Literally like a nine to five every day going, studying. Wow. And I didn't actually have to pay that much money, really, because it was with university. Pardon? Did you do that with Ross by any chance? Ross, no, I done it with. I done it with. Um, Side was eight. Um, I don't know what the who the lecturer was. Um, okay. in those, but I don't know a company called Side was eight. But there was a lot of like teachers around, so I don't know who actually delegates yeah. the. Yeah, the stuff, but yeah, I only paid like a yeah, paid a few amount, not the whole lot because I feel it was university, so it was a lot cheaper than doing it outside of uni. Oh, brilliant! And then I just done it, I just thought it would be a great opportunity, and it's something I could always use if I wanted to, as long as I have the certificate and the knowledge, which really went really well. Hello, hello, I'm back, yeah. I'm back. Sorry, did you, did you hear that last bit? I said. Yeah, no, we we lost you. We lost you. Oh yeah, so I was just there. saying how I didn't have to pay um that much compared to doing it outside of uni because it was right. just it would be a lot more money than that. But yeah, it really, yeah. I really enjoyed it's, it. Yeah, it's expensive, isn't it? Yeah, personal training, like because obviously a lot of people like to get to pe- um, personal training. They want to get into it now, so it's obviously doing the courses and it was just a lot because obviously like I said I was doing nine to five basically for two weeks just to learn mm. about you know the body and stuff like that but it was a lot easier for me because uh, obviously I've already done sports science whereas yeah, other yeah. people other people like on the course were like mathematicians and stuff like that so it was like some of them were struggling but yeah for me yeah. I just picked up things a lot quicker because obviously sports science yeah I think Ryan I didn't you because you with your level two of people that weren't like doing sports science so things that seemed almost trivial to you 
other people do find quite uh challenging you know yeah definitely I mean I feel like obviously you know when you're uni as well you can study something for like a long time or you've been around mm. the whole like because obviously when I was at college I studied PE as well oh, so if you're definitely brilliant. if you're definitely new to the whole you know physical education aspects of things you're going to struggle regardless really um yeah you know but definitely some of them passed the course some of them failed but it's all a learning process yeah yeah and I think that's definitely as well like uh, the whole reason I highlight that is like even with like PT and clients I feel like you forget what you do and don't know like yeah big part of personal training that's almost uh it is kind of, I mean, it was covered in my course, but like right towards the end, just like touched upon communication skills. Yeah, I definitely. Think, I think there's know. a big difference of learning things and actually applying it to the to the real world, if that makes sense. Mm. Because it's like with anything, you know, you can study any course for three years and then, you know, you apply for a job and they literally, what they look for is experience because they want to know if you've actually applied what you've learned yeah or what you know in the real world so because yeah, it, cool. it can be quite daunting sometimes you know talking to people meeting new people especially with like different ages mm. you know different um, experiences with exercise and fitness in general as well um failure is one of the biggest teachers for me oh yeah uh, i feel like you learn from your mistakes um and rather than letting them sort of get you down you know you always sort of just learn from failure um, and I feel like you can't really experience that in uh, school. Do you know what I mean? School teaches you the content, but like, yeah. like you say, bang on, it's applying it. Mm. And that's not easy. That's the hard part. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I think, obviously, when I first, because I've done a few work experiences with, I think I went to a, a centre of excellence in Colchester. Okay. And I've done a few experiences with the girls. There. They were all like age from under like 10 to under 16. Mm-hmm. So when I first started off there, it was literally like a struggle because I was thinking, oh my God, like I know all this stuff, but more times, you know the stuff, but you kind of have to simplify it for people anyway, because yeah. not everyone studied science or sports science in you know university or um, college. So some of them had no clue what I was talking about, you know? So it was just a thing where I had to kind of simplify what I would say to people, you know, rather than what I learned, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 it's kind of, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's kind of like, I suppose you can be someone can, like, whether you're in a degree environment or college, they could be really good at the theory, but how can you transition that information to get the best out of the athlete or the person on a one to one basis um, yeah. and put it into, you know, I think it's there for you to, the knowledge is there, like Brad said, the content, and then you have to then find your own I don't know hybrid style of training or does it actually work or how can you create it so they're engaging in what you're trying to tell them I suppose yeah and yeah, they don't they don't teach you that so yeah unless you've got that experience before you I mean I was my sort of story compared to you and Brad's is probably in reverse as well I'm a lot older and I've done all the coaching and training before I even embarked on the degree so Right. Because my okay. background is football. So I played football semi-professionally. I I did martial arts at um, national level and running wow. and track. So I've done and training. So I've done lots of different things in coaching roles and competing. 
So mm. for me, I found it easier. To, the content, I obviously being older and the uni part of it, obviously being I'm older and I've got family and stuff, so I struggle. I found that a lot harder to fit in time, mm. working and doing yeah. uni full time. But transit using those ideas now to transition and create my own style and deliver content into a session or a training idea, I find that yeah. more easier than the other way around, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah, that did you, did you like dive straight into it? Um did you like um once you've got your degree, did you go, right, I'm just gonna go start doing my thing or did you have sort of a phase after you graduated where you just sort of chilled out so um when it was kind of like I was still kind of doing it while I was at university if that made sense so like right second year I, I created my page and stuff second year of university mm. so I said to myself okay you know I'm not gonna take it seriously but I'm still gonna post things just for kind of to keep me motivated as well and whoever sees it sees it to be honest like I didn't really care at that point because I was still at uni and second year was just torture as yeah. in like, you know, exams, yeah. coursework, everything. Because obviously last year of uni, I had um, coursework, I didn't have exams. So it was a lot. It was weird. It was like third year was easier than second year. So second year was absolutely yeah. like torture. I had to make sure that I had deadlines and stuff. So I didn't really create a lot of content. Obviously I had my certificate then, my PT um, certificate then. I took on some clients, like, like maybe one or two, you know, just to make extra money while I was yeah. still at uni. So yeah. second year when, so I said to myself, okay, I'm going to actually start creating content. And I think when it, when I started gaining a lot of followers was obviously when we had our first ever lockdown. Yeah. Cause back then it was kind of hot. So it was hot. It was actually summer. So I was literally posting home workouts all the time. Like, you name it every day or every other day I was just posting 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 and then I might like mm. followers just kept growing and growing because I think everyone was kind of like bored yeah Some, like people need <laughs> needed things to do so it was like fitness was like the way out basically for people because Boris was like you can still go out for a jog so people were like oh, okay yeah. still go out for a jog that means I gotta get into fitness so and I started getting messages and then it just started growing from then really and then obviously the, obviously the more you're page grows type of thing you start getting more obviously attention people start messaging you about you know programs and things like yeah. that so it just kind of went really I think I didn't more yeah yeah I didn't just like go straight into it because my main focus at the time when I was at uni was make sure I graduate with a decent grade yeah get my dissertation done as well for third year because that was intense <laughs> and then just you know focus on my page and then see where the page will take me basically yeah so just see where the page would take me and just kind of went from there really but creating content is not easy at all it's it's a lot of time yeah. and effort i was gonna say how much time did you spend so before and say when you was in second year yeah when you how much time did you spend creating content then compared to lockdown so One. i think second second year was literally like whenever i felt like i could bring my because back then i didn't have a tripod it was like me and my mate because we would work out together so it was like yeah. oh just feel just feel me as i'm working working out but i'll probably i'll probably yeah. post like twice a week yeah yeah so it was nothing really it was still something but sometimes i would just not post at all i mean i was a time i didn't post at all for like two months because i was just so into the university work and just trying to get everything done that i decided that okay forget the page for a while just gotta focus because you know you're paying 9k plus a year yeah so oh, yeah that yeah so that was my main focus but then compared to lockdown I was literally posting like 
every day or every other day mm. I think yeah and then I would like choose a day where I film a lot of content and then just post them in different days because I felt like that, yeah. that that's what worked for me because I was still kind of doing my dissertation then um so it was just like I pick one day a week film all your content and then just edit them all and then post throughout the week mm. but yeah so then what's your plan then now that you've graduated what are you have you so obviously I have a sports science degree um mm. obviously looking at the jobs at the moment it's been a bit of a myth I mean yeah um I don't want to blame it all on COVID but majority is obviously COVID and just you know finding a graduate job is hard enough but then you add a mm. pandemic on top of that it's almost like a you know you're basically you it's just a struggle really so I've just obviously been looking for jobs and stuff like that around um obviously Colchester London where I live um obviously I live in Colchester but it's London as well um and just to keep doing my page um my plan is to obviously create a website for people to go on it if they want to buy programs and stuff like that just starting a little business for myself and mm. just yeah just keep searching for jobs really um and just try and make as much connections as i can in the sporting world because i feel like nowadays it's not all about the grades it's all about who you know as well who can help you kind of put the foot through yeah. the door if that makes sense yeah 100 percent. and i think do you think that's something that, that lacked from university because my personal experience when i got out of university I graduated from Essex and I worked at the gym group in Colchester. Yeah. And I was like, I've got a degree, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be busier than everyone else. And it was just the biggest wake up call when I just had like Oh definitely. No one, I, I don't think universities make it clear for you that actually, guys, the real world is the real world, you know. You're not gonna just have a degree and then be like and then jo- jobs will start hunting you down. Cause you think yeah, you would money starts, Yeah, money starts falling out. Yeah, you think, Oh yeah, I've got a degree now, I'm gonna look good, but there's also thousands of people that have got a degree. And mm. more times, people that are your bosses are people that have actually just done courses in the past and then just gone to the, to the job, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I don't know. I just feel like, obviously, just applying for jobs and see which one would take me, really. But at the meantime, you know, just focus on my personal training, helping people out as much as I can, my page, and obviously creating my website and stuff like that, really. Um, yeah. But the like COVID has made it ten times harder. Even trying to train people, you can't really train people, or people are scared to train. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. you know, meeting up with other people is a people are scared. People are like oh, actually, I don't know, is it worth it? You know, being two meters apart because in the back of your head you're always thinking, oh, I've actually got to be two meters apart. You know, it's not the same. It doesn't flow as as well as it it would normally do yeah. if you train people. Yeah. I experienced that. I think in lockdown, two tier system. I do remember there was a time where we was allowed like the groups yeah. of people training. Yeah. And even then, you'd be like, "Oh, we're going to do this," and you're like, "Oh, we can't actually because of COVID." Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like sounds silly, but you forget you can't play like tag and yeah, things, you know, things like that because like you're touching people, or yeah. you know, people are just scared to go out. So. Hopefully, yeah, fear's been high. I think he's got another yeah. announcement tomorrow, Boris. He has his tomorrow's the announcement. Um, I don't think yeah. it's going to be um, much in everyone's favor what people might think because obviously they're still running out the vaccine, so I don't think it's going to be a free for all, personally. 
um, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, just sort of like going back to um, you in the, on terms of like social media though. But is in terms of social media though, do you not think that the trappings of sponsorship and people are making an absolute career out of it in terms of clothing sponsorship deals, food deals, um, yeah advertisement, things like that. And some people mm-hmm. are getting paid as well, um, working through other yeah, organisations. I mean, so do you not think that's possibly a career avenue for you? With, uh, what yeah, I mean, you know, people... Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with you. I think social media is the easiest way to make money, mm. definitely. But it's also mm. so time-consuming as well. I don't think people realise that, you know, it's just not, oh, I have to post and go. You know, it's literally so much more than that. Um but people do get sponsorship deals people do get um deals like that but it's usually when you've got like you know i'm only on 18k but it's like some people it's like thank you i mean yeah i'm trying i'm trying but it's like you know those sponsorship deals only like comes from people i know gymshark most of their influencers or people they sponsor are literally like 30k above Mm. or Mm. you know ridiculous amount of followers because obviously that's where people are looking at you think oh wow okay she's got a lot of followers um so we must have her because then surely she's reaching out to more and more people and with the fitness industry it's so competitive Mm. i don't think you understand like yeah and i think as well social media is the most competitive platform as well so you put one on top of the other definitely you know you've you've now got instagram you've got tiktok you know you've got snapchat you've still got facebook you know, there's so many different um, social media platforms. It's like, you know, I know some people have got 100K followers on TikTok, but they've only got 10K on Instagram. It's crazy. So yeah, it's just about which one works for you, basically. But a lot of people do make money off social media easier. I think that's why it's making it so much more competitive now because more and more people are getting onto the hype of actually, I can actually make money off of this. Don't get me wrong, people pay me to do promo for them and you know, um, advertise their products on my page, Good. Um, which is I'm very great grateful for. Um, but to actually get to the top of the top, you've got to have like thousands more followers. But obviously, the more you post, the more the followers should come, you mm. know. So it's all like mm. a work in progress, really. Um, but, you know. So do people reach out for you for sponsorship or do you sort of sit there and go, right, I'm going to make an opportunity out of this? Or I mean, like how do usually like i've recently started working with protein world yeah. so um it's you know protein world is like a obviously protein company really big. sell like protein yeah. shakes yeah they're they're very big so how it worked was they really, really actually emailed me i thought it was a spam. yeah you would you know, do you yeah. Of sp- sp- yeah spammy emails i was thinking what the protein world is that a joke <laughs> but i obviously like made an inquiry and then actually oh, i was like oh the emails are legit so um obviously emailed the, the the company and then they sorted out something for me so you know i've got my own discount code so people can use that and then obviously i get the affiliated you know percentage that people use so mm. it, it does work like social media is i since i've started with my page i don't think i've ever paid for like gym clothes that's good since like I don't, I can't remember. So it does come with perks, you know, because people yeah. do like hit you up. I think the other, the other week, Puma, you know, sent me some stuff, Excellent. sent me free shoes, you know, leggings, tops, like things like that. You Because gym stuff is expensive yeah. nowadays as well. Like it's not cheap, you know. Yeah. So I'm very, very grateful in that as, 
aspect that I haven't had to pay for like products or supplements or you know just things that I would normally need to go to the gym or work out with so I'm very very grateful for that but it's just obviously putting in the work with social media and hopefully you know the bigger you know the bigger the bigger companies reach out to you obviously protein world is massive but you know still need money in the pocket you still honestly you do need money in the pocket because it's like there's so it's great having so many followers but at the end of the day you need money to kind of live yeah. if that makes sense so there's only that's why i always tell people like instagram is not real life you know you only see what people post on instagram yeah. you don't actually live with them you don't know what they're people doing forget. yeah so i also yeah. tend not to get too into the followers and get a bit too hooked into that because yeah. i have my days where i just so- not going Instagram, I just tell myself, okay, I'm gonna have a detox on social media, yeah. focus on the real life yeah. because you could get so sucked into that. You know, you're thinking about the likes, the comments, mm. how many people shared it, do I look fat in the video? Do you know what I mean? Things like that. You get a bit too into it. So, so do you think that's one of the secrets to sort of growing Instagram is almost detaching yourself from your persona on Instagram, if if that makes sense? I don't. Th- or like, I don't think of, if people meet in real life. I've, Ray's met me um, yeah. many times. Um, always see you like about yeah. waving, you know. I think um, I don't think I'm a different person. I don't t- like tend to be a different person in real life, and so, so I try to be myself on social media because I feel like it's very. You have to kind of show your personality as well, because I feel like yeah. you know you could post all you want, but people want to actually see the real you. They want to see your personality. But what I meant about the whole detaching yourself from social media is like it's so easy to compare yourself with somebody else especially in the fitness industry when it's all about sometimes it's all about looking good and you know who's got the big brand deals who's got this who's got that so that's what I meant in a sense of you know when you detach yourself from social media sometimes it's just good to have a break because you're not thinking about all of that you're not thinking about sponsorships you're not thinking about deals you're not thinking about who's got the bigger biceps bigger legs you know it's just more fast world yeah yeah definitely so and yeah, yeah i mean hundreds. people you know do ridiculous amount of things nowadays you know you have people on like crazy diets just to look good um people mm. photoshop their pictures you know you just want to say you just never know what someone looks like real life really yeah yeah it's really interesting i um, happened to stumble across this post once where there was this guy and he took two photos and one of them he looks like you know he's in shape mm. absolutely shredded and all this kind of stuff and he was like, these photos are five minutes apart. And then he was just like, like changed the lighting a little bit, just tensed up, just done this, just done that. And he just done all these different things. And he was just like, giving that whole point that you just made that, you know, it is what you portray. On yeah, definitely. Because it, you know, it could be wearing, it's just, it's, it's little things like, obviously, like he said, lighting, stuff, things you wear as well, the way you might just angle your body. Yeah. Um, it's just little things like that that makes a massive difference to looking lean and looking absolutely shredded. Yeah. But at the end of the- do you ever research it or do you just kind of get it? If that makes Say sense. Say that again. Sorry? This kind of stuff. That, do you kind of research it or do you just kind of get it? If that makes sense, because I, I, I'll be honest, I'm terrible with social media. Like I just can't. When I watch other people put their posts up, they always look so good, mm. so clean. But, like, does that just sort of come? to you if that makes sense yeah so or... i mean i've i used to like study when i was at um college as well i used to study media oh, okay. um so we done right. a lot of 
you know, things like obviously editing videos and, you know, putting songs over videos, little things like that. Um, we used to Photoshop a few times, not saying I'll Photoshop any of my pictures, <laughs> but we done, we basically done it all. So for me, it was very easy for me just to like catch on to things, you know, you know, how to, mm. you know, cause I also use my tripod. I have a ring light, things like that. And don't get me wrong. I look at other people's videos and I'm thinking, how did you do that? Like sometimes I have to actually message people like what app do you yeah. use? Because yeah. <laughs> there's so many apps out there that is crazy, you know? So people tell me the apps they use, but I'm, you know, planning to also start YouTube as well. So it's just investing. Like it's a lot of investment because these cameras yeah. aren't cheap. You know, they're not, then. Very interesting. I've watched before people who talk about starting YouTube and things like that. And like you say, they invest a lot. You've got you know, to. People think again, people think again, you just film and that's it. Money starts pouring no, in. No, definitely. That's You've got to. YouTube was a baby thing. You know, yeah, you probably could. Everyone is doing it now, so I think you have to be very. You've got to, uh, you've got to invest. Because I remember when YouTube used to literally have no adverts whatsoever. You know, you can rate people's um videos with a star or something like that. But nowadays, it's literally everyone's on it. You know, and people are making crazy amount of money. You know. There was a, I think there was a guy I was following on TikTok. He asked someone, he was driving a Lamborghini. He said, oh, what do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a YouTuber. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's crazy. It's but the more, like I said as well, the more competitive it is as well, it's so much harder to get that, you know, you just have to be so consistent with it because if you're not, you're just, you know, you got to waste your time. Just, just the end of, just going to like, back to the like social media in terms of like Instagram, especially like, do you think like with yeah. us, like we've obviously got the academic background and the experience and we know yeah. for certain there's people out there that are making money, selling programs, giving personal training advice yeah. and they don't have any of it. Oh, and, like, 100%. Are, no, you, are we you... as like, professionals in danger of being eradicated because of there's so many? We are because, like, going back to the whole PT thing as well, there are so many people that claim yeah. their PTs, but they don't have a qualification. You ask them, oh, where's your certificate? I don't have one. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. how, so what are you doing? But the problem with society like- nowadays mm-hmm. is that if yeah. you look good, you can, you can have, I don't know, Andy the Builder. He's lifting, yeah. he does scaffolding, he looks great, he goes to the gym with the lads for about an hour every week, um, every day. And he's shredded, you know, he looks good. He could claim to be a PT and people and people yeah. would believe him because, you know, he looks good. That's the thing, mm. you know, and you have some PTs that they might not be the biggest, they might just be slim, but they have the knowledge. Nowadays it's weird, like it's like almost, people don't really care about the knowledge. They wanna see, oh, if you look good, you must yeah. know what you're doing. Whereas yeah. it's not actually always like that. <laughs> so the thing with Instagram as well Instagram is all about if you mm. look good or not that's how you're going to mm. entice people in you know when I'm filming I'm making sure okay I need to make sure I wear my gym set I need to make sure that I look good because then when I'm filming if people are seeing that on the internet they're going to be like oh, okay she knows what she's doing she looks good she's got abs I'm going to follow her that's literally how it works mm. and, you, and you have people that have no clue what they're doing but they post and know glute pictures you know booty pictures every day and they they get the followers 
people message them about advice and stuff like that, but they don't have any qualifications. So I definitely think we are in danger because people, it's like nowadays people don't care. That's that's scary. Yeah, yeah, I've I've noticed. It is. Oh, it is definitely. Thing. Yeah, it's a very scary thing. I've noticed this especially um, on the gy- in the gym groups because that's uh, basically like a competitive floor yep. for all the personal trainers. There, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like a, a shark tank. You know, you go out and everyone's sort of always fighting to get clients, and they know what they're doing or not. You know, all the other PTs can be saying, oh, you know, he doesn't really know what he's doing or he's only he only knows one thing, like he's a one-trick pony. Um, but they'll get all the clients. It's, it's weird, uh, yeah, because so that's what I'm saying as well with, with the social media aspects. You know, you can have two PTs here, but one of them has, I don't know, 10K followers and the other has like 1,000. So, of course, you've got to go to the mm. one that's got 10K because you're thinking, well, 10K people follow him, but actually the one that's got 1,000 knows more about the body and how to get clients. So yeah. That's why I think people always... But less about how to yeah. do social media. Exactly, but that's why social media is so important now because it's like, that's how you're going to make your money because you need to advertise yeah. what you're doing. Mm. So, but I yeah. do agree with you, Ray, in the sense that people like us, you know, with the academic background and knowledge, we are in danger because it's almost like it's pointless having yeah. a degree nowadays, actually. <laughs> that's That's mm. the sad truth. It's kind of like... Well, okay, yeah, you got a sports science degree. Yeah, you know about the body, but do you do yeah. you look good? You know, are you shredded? Yeah. <laughs> do you have cut, um, abs of steel? You know, are your glutes massive? Um, if not, then yeah. what? Why are you on my page? I don't care. <laughs> That's literally the reality. Yeah. Do you think you can be if you can't beat them? Join them, kind of mentality though, in the sense of you know, if you not only tickle their boxes, mm. but then on top you have the academic knowledge uh, then once you get a bit of platform people should hopefully be turning to no definitely there's been a couple of times i've been on clubhouse i don't know if you guys know about clubhouse um there's been a couple of times i've been on different rooms they call it which is basically like podcast basically but you know you just kind of just kind of talk okay. to different people okay. you don't know and yeah. it's very interesting because you can tell when people speak who's been in the academic okay. background of things because the way they speak, you know, very scientific terms, you know, like if you're talking about the, the bones in the body, you, you say, it. instead of saying, yeah. oh, my fibro, yeah. you say yeah. your femur, you know? So you could tell who's definitely been in the academic side of things because people will be like, oh, what, what's the femur? <laughs> okay. what, what's that? Because people don't know. But, but with us, it's like, yeah. you know, I know the thing, you know where it is. So I think nowadays it's just that, it's just scary. It's sad and also scary, but it's just how the way society is nowadays. People just don't want to hear the sciencey stuff. They want to say, "How am I going to lose my my fat in yeah. thirty days? Or how am yeah, how, how am I going to get out in twenty days?" It's like you can't instant gratification or is it quick results? Yeah, like some. I remember a girl messaged me, bless her. She was like, um, "I want to lose weight." I said, "Oh." weight so we had a chat she goes I want to be you know this amount of weight by my birthday I asked her when's your birthday she goes oh it's in like Jesus. three weeks and my mate you're not gonna lose all that in three weeks yeah. you know and if, if someone's telling you out there you can they're lying to you it's like when people say oh stupid things like I want to get bigger hips it's like 
you can't physically grow your hips as in like yeah. you know Broad, yeah like, yeah yeah and it's just little things like that or carbs yes. are bad for you you can't eat carbs or <laughs> you you can't eat after yeah. a certain time you can't eat carbs yeah. after six o'clock or pet peeves yeah <laughs> it's something we spoke about before in here. yeah yeah yeah, but... yeah. Do you not think they deliberately, I say they, but do you not think everything's designed to be deliberately confusing, though, to catch people on this sort of train? They have to follow this trend and then look at this and then do this. I mean, definitely. I think, do you know what it is? I think it's all to do with, like, obviously social media. And I think as well, you've got celebrity trainers or just celebrities in general that give out this Mm. false advice and do things. And people look up to these people. So they're thinking, well, if Kim Kardashian can get a big bum like that but Kim Kardashian yeah. is fake she's not real yeah so people are looking up to people like that who's been underneath under the knife sorry and they're expecting stupid results like that but I think people don't yeah. realize that until you actually go to the gym you don't actually realize how hard it is to you've got to put a lot of work it's not going to just happen overnight basically and it is the consistency that, that pays off not the 30 days no yeah because i always tell people you want to make it a lifestyle so, you don't just want to make it a, oh yeah 60 yeah. days i'm done now so what do you do after 60 days you know you want to make it a lifestyle yeah. so when people go on these stupid diets and fad diets and stuff like that it's like what's the point because you've you've been juicing you've been drinking slim fast milkshakes yeah it's worked but you're not only just gonna stop and go back to how you were before and so when people yeah. tell me, oh, yeah, what diet are you on? I'm like, mate, I still eat what, what I want, but it's either in moderation or I find healthy mm. alternatives, you know? Because yeah. I think people need to realize, like, at the end of the day, you're only going to get older, so your body's always going to change yeah. anyway. So mm. all these juicing you're doing, all that, yeah, it might work for 30 days, but then what, what are you going to do after 30 yeah. days, you know? Yeah, it's also, it is that whole thing of sustainability as well, and it's, you know, if you go on a diet, you can come off a diet. You know, that's why diets don't yeah, work. Yeah, that's why I, I don't like the word diet. I always tell people as well, like, we're not going to call it diet because it's not a diet. You want to exactly. make it your lifestyle. Because, yeah. you know, it's like when you start, starting is the hardest part. But when you, once you start and you know what you like and what you don't like, it's just going to get easier from, from then on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the simplicity of calories in versus calories out is always ne- it's never spoken about enough. I don't. Oh think. no! But the thing is, calories is yeah. just energy, though. Like you know, yeah. right now I'm sitting yeah. down, I'm burning calories. I'm talking, I'm yeah. burning calories. Calories is just energy. Like it's just energy. So that's why I tell people when you don't focus really on the calories because you focus on your macros, <clears> if anything. Because <throat> you know, you you have athletes that eat how many thousands of calories a day? Because they're just constantly yeah. burning. They're just burning fuel all yeah. the time. You know, you ask a marathon runner how many calories they eat, they probably eat like three, 3,000. Who knows? But that doesn't necessarily no. mean that they're fat. No. They're all quite very slim, slender, in fact. But they eat more calories than most people do who are not training, but they're still managing to put on weight, if that makes sense. So it's what you're actually eating that is the problem, you know? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, and I think, yeah, if you start, I sort of say to people the same sort of thing, but I say some more, imagine it like a, uh, like a bank, like it's just the money has to constantly be flowing. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
rather than just storing the money up and saving it, you've got to keep the money flowing, you know. Yeah. And it is a cycle, you know. So yeah, I just think personally, um it's it's not it's not said enough the simplicity uh of actually losing weight. I think there's so much comp uh, complicated stuff around it. Of course there's it's difficult because of emotions. Yeah. You know yeah. that people have and you know there's so many factors to it. But at the core principle, I think we should stop confusing people in the industry. Yeah. You know, the industry can I think it is it's almost criminal. Yeah, but I think like so the things like sort of I think it's difficult because obviously like Ian said that with the element you got all the celebrity people that are they're not even trainers. Celebrities mm-hmm. that aren't trainers that are on like the no, latest yeah, one is Mark cool. Wright from The Only Way is Essex, where where it's not that anymore. He's now just come out of an app with a book saying train with Mark the right way. But he's not a PT. He's not a sports scientist. Yeah. But, tra- but that's that's what I'm saying though. That, 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 like I totally agree with you, right? It literally is because he's got the following. People have seen his results. They're like, oh my God, Mark Wright done that. Yeah. All right, I want to do that. And people yeah. will pay the money. They don't care because it's Mark Wright. So I was saying, it's kind of like a popularity contest. It shouldn't yeah. be, but it is. It's like, you know, I have the millions of followers and I'm trying to make money. At the end of the day, people do yeah. these things to make money. Let's be honest, because mm-hmm. they will never sell their mm. programs for free. It's always, you know, there's a price to pay. So he yeah. doesn't have the experience. However, he's got the following. So yeah, of course people are gonna buy yeah. it. Yeah, so he's got the platform. He's got the platform. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's just a yeah. it's a bit of sweet thing because it's just thing. But there's some people have you know been studying a uni or been a I don't know a teacher for a while or a PE teacher or a sports scientist or sports science and science sports scientist basically. So mm. what about those people? Because what they're not making, they're not having thousands of followers on Instagram or millions. So what what happens yeah. is it because they don't have millions? Is that why they're not you know? Yeah, and I, I think. Do you think that this is going to change? Though? Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. That, yeah, do you think it's just going to get worse and worse? And I worse? honestly, I think, you know, I always tell people. I said since obviously I've started this whole social media thing because I used to have a other Instagram page. I never posted. I didn't care. You know, I was just one of those people who just had Instagram just to see, you know, what people were doing or catching up with old friends stuff like that. But with my yeah. page now it's like I see so many things and I just mm. think wow like you know I see some people's videos and I see bad forms you know from things like that but because they've got thousands of followers people are still gonna like it share it comment on it, it I don't yeah. think it's ever gonna change I think we've definitely gone past that point where we could have saved it from happening but because obviously mm. the generation is just younger more technology you know back in the day when I was I, I was my little brother's age I was out in the park yeah a ball about I would have to mm. p- message someone on Facebook and say okay meet me in this place at seven o'clock and then hopefully they'll be there at seven nowadays you got kids you know they've got gadgets yeah. all over you know they've got smart watches the age of like 14 13 they've got the latest Apple phone you know, it's all social yeah. media nowadays. It's all social yeah. media. It's never about, let me actually grab a book and read it. Even to read a book nowadays, you can literally get a Kindle, which is basically on iPad. It's yeah, it. this is it. I've been, using, I've been using Audible. Like I'm guilty of this. I haven't picked up a book but, in a but while. But this is what I'm like, saying. It's just little things like that. You just think, 
social media is actually just it's taken over i was watching a documentary saying eventually we're going to literally have robots you know like literally robots doing the jobs that people would normally do which is kind of happening you know you've got tesco you've got yourself you've got yourself pay checkouts you don't need people anymore to really do it this is such such an interesting topic because um like i'm a big fan of elon musk and he's always talked about this um thing uh i don't know if you've heard about his Neuralink. Uh, it's like a thing that you put in the brain, basically. And he's he basically says his biggest fear is that AI is going to take over. Mm. So he's like, you can't beat him, join him, you know. And it's this whole competitive race because no one's regulating AI, mm. you know. So it's just constantly growing and growing and growing. Yes, uh, I think. And it it's just because it's, it's out of control. It now, is definitely because every other day there's something happening in the world, you know. You know, bef- the other day someone. Huh, Someone, um, I think this is going to touch a bit on the BLM thing as well. I don't know. If, mm. But, you know, people are now saying racism still exists, but it's actually just filmed now. Yeah. People are just filming it, you know, because social media, it's like you can do something about it, but instead you choose to film it and then upload it on Instagram or upload it on yeah. on any social media platform. You know, the other day as well, it's like, it's like you could actually do something about it instead of actually filming it. It's like the other. I've seen a lot. When the BLM yeah. thing happened, you know, you would see videos of people getting shot, um, or someone's di- like dying, and they're posting it on social media. Like someone's, I think on TikTok, I saw someone's nan died, you know, and they posted on TikTok, you know, of them crying, you know. And it's like you're posting a video of you crying, and it's like really, when has this ever been a thing? But it's social media; it's yeah. consuming everyone, you know. Yeah. I think TikTok's been the next one because uh, did you watch that social dilemma? Yeah, thing on yeah, Netflix? that that thing yeah. where the ex Google workers, ex, they were literally saying how yeah. they couldn't believe what they were seeing. People wanted to look like right. Snapchat followers as well. That's crazy yeah, to me. Yeah. Ridiculous, but yeah, that bloke he was on Joe Rogan, right? And he was saying that one thing you noticed about TikTok was that when you open any other app, you probably have about five six seconds before the first video comes up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like getting onto the app, whereas TikTok is instant. The second you turn it on, you boom, you're there, you're engaged. That's it. And you you start scrolling and you find yourself scrolling for hours. And you just think, yeah, that's literally it. That's how TikTok makes it. And that's why Instagram, that's why, you know, Instagram yeah. now got Instagram yeah. reels. So yeah. <laughs> this is how I mean. Like, when you go on social media, you learn so much, especially when you're like a business or you're trying to start a business on there. Um, so obviously Instagram paired up with Facebook. So um that's why the algorithm has kind of changed you know how before you would post on instagram and if you were the first person to post your post would go on top of everyone else's but i don't know about you now if you look at your feed but sometimes you might see people's posts from like two days ago on there on your feed yeah Yeah, the algorithm has changed so it's all about who saved your post who hasn't so yeah i've read about this yeah crazy stuff only makes it two times as twice as hard but now it's like TikTok because now TikTok is literally taking over everything. You know, you, you've got people in different industries on there, fitness, dance, um, you name it all, actors, comedians, everyone's on there. So Instagram then created Instagram rules because it was like kind of like TikTok, but you still obviously had the element of posting stories and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I've been caught in a few rooms. Yeah, so, but the thing is, you'll find that the same TikToks you watch 
are basically the same Instagram reels you watch. So everything is yep. kind of just merging together. This is what I'm saying. Like, social mm. media is becoming so powerful that it's almost like everyone's just... It's just one thing. Yeah, it's just big one thing. It's just, you know, Snapchat. It was Snapchat before. You know, everyone's kind of forgotten about Snapchat. Now it's mainly Instagram and TikTok. It's always like a battle yeah. bef- between who, you know, gets the best content, who can, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's all about money. It's all about money. They're literally the same videos. Yeah, you think fine. Like, do you remember when yeah. Vine was a thing? Yeah, yeah. Back in- Vine. Oh, I thought that, I still to this day say that was my favourite. Those, those were good times when Vines were about. Like, I just felt like it wasn't as competitive. Yeah. And now, when I when I scroll for Facebook every now and again, you'll see a video and someone's completely faking something. You know it's fake. And it's got like millions of, of views and everyone's commenting on Of course. Like, just like this is what people are doing with their time you know of course but the thing is as well like i said it's all about money everyone's like okay you know what let's give the social media thing a go if i make money i make money if i don't i don't but people are still getting my content out there so uh, i think as well like even obviously i'm 22 so even with the younger generation my, my brother is like my youngest brother is like 15 it's crazy the stuff he knows that i don't know i'm thinking what <laughs> I feel I feel old, but I'm still young. But it's it's because yeah. so much is happening, you know, and everything yeah. links to and each pop- other now. You know, Clubhouse you can link it to your Instagram and YouTube, Twitter, TikTok you can link it to your Instagram and YouTube. You know, people post yeah. their Instagram stuff on Snapchat, so it's like you know, everything interlinks, and that's the mm. scary part. Mm. You think that that kind of um, one of the reasons why racism is still so big these days, though, is because of that whole polarization. Though, like everything has to be shared everywhere, and everyone's like people have got the craziest opinions, and they still get shared everywhere. Like uh, Katie Hopkins, for example. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just use her as an example. Like, she gets so irate by what she says, and then other people sympathise with what she says, mm. and it just big thing working on both sides you know what i mean where people are just you know at each other's throats and i think again that's a big social media thing yeah i mean wait i mean social media definitely plays a part but racism has been a thing where it's been there for how many years you know i think of course yeah i mean slavery was like for 400 years and you know you still have people that are very naive and they don't understand i think Mm. i think it's more education I think people don't have mm. enough education about racism. And, you know, people think there's a fine line between prejudice and racism, if that makes sense. So people just don't have that education about racism. It's, it's the same way where I think before the BLM movement started, it was crazy to see how a lot of people didn't know that what they were saying or how they would act was like a racist way, like thing, if that makes sense. Um, I remember yes. as well when I went to the Black Lives Matter in in Colchester, you know, I spoke a few words, but I also listened to other people's stories. And main thing that came, and these, everyone I spoke was around like 20, yeah. like 20 or younger, or even older. Mm. But most of them agreed. We, it was a common thing that racism actually starts from schools and stuff like that, because people aren't educated educated enough you know you would read books like of mice yeah. and men in school you know 
I I was the one literally I think I was the only two black people in my class, in English class. And you know, mm. teachers would say the N-word with with no, you know, no care in the world, but, but because it's on a book, it must be right for me to say it, you know. I do remember in my class when we was reading my spin when the teacher said the N-words, the class all laughed. Yeah, I, I you mean, know? you know, so people think it's funny it's 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 not serious or people think oh it only happens in one country you know because the obviously the blm movement kind of started because of um in america mm. when that guy got shot and then another incident happened yeah. but these incidents have been happening for years but in yeah. a way social media kind of helped the blm movement because if those videos weren't being recorded like i was saying before and shared on mm. platforms, people wouldn't have actually realised that there's something actually going on here, you know? So I think social media helps, but also causes a problem, you know? Because yeah. also you've got musicians as well, rappers, <laughs> use the N-word freely in, 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 in music videos and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, you know, you've got people rapping to it, singing along to it. So, yeah, in a sense, does that help? Probably not because you're basically allowing people yeah. to say it scot-free. Yeah, do you think, you know, like, in know. terms of just going back in sort of, like, the sort of the way social media is portrayed, not just uh, just globally, really, and there's obviously, you are right, now there's social media platforms there. The reason it's people are naive and they think it has been not noticed or it hasn't been an arisen problem, it's just that social media is now far-reaching, so now it's more aware in people's social consciousness that's what it is i think and then i believe that sort yeah. of like in terms of myself like with sort of like anyone ethnic minority especially in the starting with like the obviously schools but the fitness industry as well i feel that um a lot oh, of people oh, don't mate, really yeah. realize how much it outweighs in terms of the ethnic minority how much of a minority we are in that industry as trainers scientists nutritionists etc and i don't think they realize how hard it can be to sort of get yourself yeah i'm so glad you touched on this because you know like i've been to a couple um there was a clubhouse i hosted yeah it was called um, black women in fitness and we were literally just talking about there is not any especially in the, not even in the UK, I'm just going to put it overall. I always say to people, I never see yeah. people like me in the industry. Don't get me wrong, I'm not racist. Mm. I'm not racist. But as in, if I ever look on my Instagram page and my explore page is literally of mainly yeah. white females on my explore page, yeah. right? You would think, you know, me being a black woman, you know, Instagram knows this, by the way, because so also your platform knows your ethnic background. They know. So you would mm. think my algorithm, my explore page would be filled with, you know, kind of more black people. But, you know, obviously still have that mixture of people there. But I literally look at my explore page and I can't see girls like me on there. And it is a thing where there isn't a lot of ethnic minority groups in the in the any industry, really whether it's fitness, whether it's it's um, dance, it's literally, there's barely any. You know, you look at the yeah. NBA, how many black coaches Not are many. there in the NBA? 
Not many, but how many black bet? How many black Majority. players are in the NBA? There's loads. Mm. They are literally mm. NBA black players. You look at USA as well. Their team, mm. their international team. A lot of their players are black. Their coach, I think, is is a white guy. I think I don't know if they've changed, but this literally is what there. This is where there is a problem. You know, you look at PE teachers as well. I think when I was at school, we only had yeah, one black PE true, teacher, and that was mm. that was it. So you know, and it's crazy. Even if you go forget about culture stuff, because I know there's not a lot of black people. Even London. Most of the PE teachers there are are white. There's not a lot of ethnic minority groups there. And since the BLM movement as well, it's crazy because, you know, Gymshark must have made a statement saying, how could we help? You know, how could we... And, you know, the comments were just filled with, you don't have any black influencers. You don't have any, you know, black people. Especially in the UK, I can't even name how many black women are there in the fitness industry. You know, so, you know, it's crazy. It is true. And it makes mm. it harder to get the sponsorship deals as well. It makes it harder because it's like, you can have someone that is the same followers as me. I might have been posting more content or better content than them. But, you know, they get chosen before me. Obviously, I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying in the black, as black people, yeah. we have to work twice as hard. That's just it. Mm. you know and I don't want to hear people say oh no you don't it, you have you, we have to whatever we do yeah. whether it was I remember my mum used to tell me you need to work twice as hard you know I was aiming mm. for yeah. A's and B's when I was at school if I got a yeah. C I was I was upset I was crying I was like oh my god a C like why have I got a C you know and having a C is yeah. not a bad grade <laughs> you still pass mm. but you know yeah. from what my mum told me you've got to always do twice as hard I was trying to aim for B's and A's, A stars even, yeah. because it's that competitive. It's thing. Like before you, I go on, on, on and on about this, like even before you apply for jobs, why do I have to put my mm. ethnic background in it? Why? You know, yeah. why, why is that important to I've you? Always, I've always found that weird. Why is that I've important? Always yeah. found that why weird. Is, what's the reason? What's the reason yeah. behind it? Why do I have to say what ethnic background I am? Even my name mm. already, it's already cancelled me yeah. some, in some cases, you know? And that's why more yeah. black people are starting to give their kids more um, westernised name, you know? Because they're scared for their kids when they grow up that they might get that racial, you know, abuse. Not abuse, but, like, they might not make have the same opportunities because it's like they're scared for their kids. So... It yeah. does happen. Yeah, it's interesting. I have a friend uh, called Mario, and uh, he changed his name on Facebook. And I went, I didn't recognise him. I, I'll be honest, I can't remember what the name was. But he was like, "Yeah, that's my birth name. I go by Mario." I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, damn, you do, you do really. get those." So it's it's because at the end of the day, it's sometimes it's like you know you're you're proud to be you know where from where you're from, you're proud of your skin color, but society sometimes isn't. So you gotta kind of have to fit into society just to get what you can get. I know it sounds really bad, but mm. it's literally like survival of the fittest. You know, like yeah. I I need to kind of adapt to society. Society, some people are racist. You have people that big companies, their managers, some of them are racist. You can't help that. So you it makes it hard. I remember one of my friends was saying on the clubhouse that imagine being black, yeah. female, even you know, harder. 
it's a lot mm. because you know yeah even harder being black and female you know <laughs> so you know you can imagine you know you even look at athletics you know you've got people running for great britain mo farrah do you know what i mean you've got sprinters mm. running for great britain black you know so why why is it when it comes to things like sports everyone's like oh my god yeah it's fine but what about the jobs what about you know schools what about the yeah i think this is where it comes into this is basically like the bane groups which is um the black and asian and minority ethnic group which i think they deal with obviously um sport yeah. in general a lot at the minute with football as me and you've already like mentioned for you and about whether you're into football or not that now we know that social media has now been used as a weapon it's been weaponized for racism basically um and they're fighting it as we know um yeah. in the premiership a lot of the players especially in the first, there's a lot of players in the first team premiership top tier that are black um, playing for England Definitely. as well. And they're getting racial abuse from mm-hmm. English fans. It kind of, before lockdown, it wasn't quite apparent. There wasn't, you didn't really, there was obviously you got kick out racism yeah. um, mm. programs as well. And they're trying to educate yeah. footballers about racism and other um, problems. But for some reason, is it because now social media, obviously TikTok and Twitter are going through problems where they can't they see they can't really block people. They seem to be having a problem. I don't know why, but people are now more vocal than ever by just abusing people. Yeah, because the same way you've got a bane group, it's the same way you've got people that would mm. make group chats about racism. I remember I posted one of my, when it was obviously the Black Lives Movement and stuff like that, and people need to realise well, it's just not a movement. Mm. It's meant to be like a whole eternity. Just because we had that per- period of time where everyone would go to like, um, you know, go to different things about Black Lives Matter, all of that stuff. And now it's, it's done. It's mm. not done. It has to be an ongoing thing because yeah. that's what I'm saying. I feel like yeah. people get the hype, and then it's like, oh, okay, it's kind of it's kind of died down now. Let's forget yeah. about it. But no, it's, it's... Oh, yeah. Someone did post that that said, uh, "Oh, yeah. see, no one's posting because it's not cool." Yeah, anymore. because you can't get that extra yeah. light. You can't get that thing. I remember when I posted, yeah. and then some girl goes, "Oh, black girls look, look like monkeys and all that stuff." You know. It, you get, you get it. You get it all the time. And it's like, as, as much as it sounds really sad, but I'm kind of used to it. And I'm like, oh, here we go again, the monkey joke. Oh, whatever. Oh, the afro, the yeah. afro hair joke. Oh, whatever. Because it's just like... Does it hurt? Or no, because I, I feel like when you're younger, those things might have made you feel a bit type of way. I remember, you know, I, I used to have black friends that would love to straighten their hair all the time because they were scared yeah. that if they wore afro, people would take the piss, you know? So... Yeah. Yeah. and even at jobs as well things yeah. like having dreadlocks is unprofessional yeah. things like having afro is unprofessional things like having braids is unprofessional so are you just saying what being in black is no, unprofessional that's, that's just that's just that's basically institutional racism related, isn't it that's you know? just that's just yeah yeah it's the same in schools though as well isn't it those things. Yeah, my friend used know. to be, my friend was on a school new, newspaper once because the haircut well, he had, the panel was too low. But he's a black boy, you know? <laughs> he's that thought for it. He was on Gazette. It was a school conscious as well. You know, 
Because why, what's, what's too low? You know, why is that a problem? Why is his haircut too low? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Schools are very fond of it. Some teachers as well, the things they say, what they do. I remember I used to be college, you know, there's a, you know, when you're at high, um, secondary school, sorry, you kind of probably one of the, well, I literally was, they were thinking of like, like four black people in the whole year. And then, mm. you know, then you go to college and you obviously meet other black people. So you're automatically kind of drawn to them because it's like, oh, there's actually more of us here. Crazy. So, yeah. you know, we yeah. used to be in a group of people. And then I remember one time the the one of the teachers walked past and was like, people yeah, find your group before. intimidating. Or, yeah, or you shouldn't sit together. And it's funny because none of us were actually in the same class. <laughs> so you shouldn't sit together yeah. or you're too intimidating. You're too loud. You're too aggressive. Okay. But other mm. people are sitting in big groups. So why, why are you coming to us to tell us what, you know? So yeah. I don't know. It's just, mm. it's just one of those things. Like, I think the older you get, because you're kind of used to it. It's kind of like, okay, well, you, what have you got now? You know, <laughs> what else have you got to say? Yeah, it's sad. But it's like the more I read about it, the more I sit and go, it must just be a constant battle. Like even, um, I mean, down to when Obama was president and Trump kept pressing him for his birth certificate, for example. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that was just down to the foundation of racing. You just sit there and go, like, does it, like, doesn't matter what you achieve, you are still going to be knocked down by someone. Does that not get exhausting? Uh, I, think, I think, I don't know about you, and I think it does get exhausting. Um, and I feel that, like you said before, you've got to work twice as hard. Yep. You've got to constantly be on your toes. You're, you're constantly on edge sometimes. And people portray that as a chip in your shoulder. Yep. Um, which is just absolutely ludicrous. If you show that you're defending yeah. yourself, you've got a chip in your shoulder, obviously. Um, so you should be there just to be abused. Well, um, sometimes if you are defending yeah. yourself, you know, people say you, you're being aggressive. You know, yeah. I've, got, yeah. I've got plenty of mates that have been stopped by police, you know. Just driving nice, nice cars, like they're like, what, what job do you have? Why are you driving a, I don't know, a BMW? Mm. Show us your license, you know. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, this is my car, like you know, because it's always that you're not that good enough to have yeah. what you have, or you must be doing yeah. something bad to be getting what you have. There's been times yeah. that my mates, yeah. boys as well, would just get stopped by the police, or as in like walk past the police, the police would search them. You know, yeah. and they're just trying to go home or go out with mates, you know. Mm. So it's like, you know, white privilege doesn't exist. And I think people always think it doesn't, but it does, you know. Yeah. It does exist, you know. There's sometimes, you know, I always tell my mates, like my white friends, like, you know, you, you never get people touching your hair, say, oh my God, wow, your hair's amazing. Like, wow, it's so different. Whoa. Do you know what I mean? Or people ask you, can I touch your hair? <laughs> You know, things like that. It's just like, why do you need to touch my hair? What? Yeah. Why, you know, I've yeah. never seen a black girl before. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's things like that. And, you know, I think as well, like, when you compare, I remember with um, the BLM, I went with my white friends, and she was hearing stories about, you know, younger, when people were younger, and they used to get um, asked stupid questions. And then my, my white friends were like, I've never been asked that in my life. Like, I don't even know why people want to know. It was things like, I think it was things like, yeah. oh, do black people tan? Do you remember? Or like, 
stupid things like that or like oh um do you guys wash your hair often or like um things like why is your hair never straight there's like just like dumb things like that and it's like you know there's a way you can ask things without looking with i get people obviously Mm. interested but there's also being interested and just absolutely taking the piss yeah 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 go on mate how do we change this do you think sorry right i'll keep interrupting like i said it's all about education you know you look at this do you think i don't know when i was at school i went to history lessons you know i would learn about 1066 battle of hastings i would learn about everything you know and when it comes to Mm. obviously being in england and stuff like that i would learn about everything um even world war ii I didn't even know black people fought for World War Two mm. in World War Two. Sorry, I I only knew that when I was yeah. like the BLM I didn't movement. Know and people that. Were, I didn't uh, know. speaking hard facts. You know, you go to your history lessons in school, and I just want to say yeah. something as well. No one's ever born a racist, by the way. So yeah. you you you're, you're never born a racist. Either you've been influenced by people you know yeah. or people the way you grew up, but no one's ever born a racist. Sure. So. That's why I feel like education from schools is so important because yeah. when you're young, from when you're young, young and you know these things, you can actually grow up and still apply yourself. Do you know what I'm trying to say? You know, in school, all I ever learned was Martin Luther King. Mm. That was mm. it. That was it. That was like the, the biggest black guy, yeah. but it was never yeah. about Malcolm X, Rosa Parks. There's millions of other people, you know, that have done so much more. But yeah. literally, Black history is literally condensed with Martin Luther King in schools. And reading books yeah. like, yeah, like reading books like Of Mice and Men in English, yeah. forget it. To Kill a Mockingbird, forget it. Because mm. it's only trying to encourage people like, oh, yeah, saying the N word is, 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 is okay. Mm. Because it's not. And then the thing, you know, the younger you start people, mm from learning about racism, about how you can probably avoid being racist to people or the way you say things might come across, then it's literally go from there. Because at the end of the day, the generations are going to get younger. So it's kind of down to our generation to kind of change it because it's like yeah. so many yeah. generations before kind of failed because that's how the, it was the norm. Mm. Like I remember my mom used to tell me, oh yeah, make sure you're not like too loud yeah. at school you don't have too much of an opinion because people might see it the wrong way she's basically trying to say you need to be careful because you're scared but it's a thing where you know i can have a voice on my own you know as well but it's just it's just i don't know i think education teaching people is the best way whether it's mm. using social media whether it's using books in school whether it's you know actually googling mm. things and teaching people about it but whether people want to listen, that's another topic, mm. you know, of discussion. But racism, for it to ever vanish, <laughs> I never think it will ever vanish. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that you've just got to, it just got, it's going to take a long time, you know. It, slavery didn't end for 400 years. <laughs> so you can imagine how much more we've got to go with this whole mm. racism Black Lives Matter movement, it's just not going to happen like a couple of years. It's going to be a hundred yeah. more years. And that's the sad truth. Yeah. That is just literally it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 
I've read things before um, about how when slavery ended, the imprisonment in the US of black people just skyrocketed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Know, like, you know, slavery was you look at, you know, to some states, you can, changed, you know? some states as being black, you cannot go to in, in America. There is actually some states that they hate black people. Yeah. yeah. That America is probably the worst place you can go. And there's also some places, I think my friend, yeah. she went there once, she had a scholarship in America. She was literally telling me about American schools. She was literally like, it's like black versus whites. Yeah, she's like, when you go, yeah, when you go to the canteen, yeah. it's the blacks together, the whites together. And it's literally like that. And it's it's like, what, really? Things like that still happen? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think as well, even growing up, like, again, the more I've sort of educated myself and I'm, you know, I've noticed when you're growing up, like, even in comedy and things like that, there's always the stereotypical black person, the stereotypical Asian, do you know what I mean? Like, there's always like stereotypes that get sort of forced yeah, into yeah. you know sort of yeah. things we were watching when we were growing up you know i think people try um, to make it funny just uh, so that i think um it won't be seen like, serious you know black people can't swim you know things like that or yeah black people are the quicker, yeah, quicker than white this people is, some of them is, what I'm talking it's, about, like, yeah. okay, it's borderline facts but sometimes it's like you know it's like where where does it like where do we draw the line? Do you know what I mean? Because you know, saying things like yeah, like the N word and stuff like that is that acceptable? You know, like is that where we draw the line? Some people, you know, you got black people calling other black people the N word. Is that acceptable though? Because they're black. Like, is it should we be doing that? So no, they're promoting it, aren't they? That's how I feel personally, because they're trying to fight for a cause to stop people, because obviously mm. we know it, we're educated and we know that word is, that's from slavery. Well, I believe it's during the South in America mm. and that's a, and that was a derogatory term. That was the name, the N word is for someone that can't read and write. That's where the word actually derives from. But this is what I'm saying. It's so, like, so if we edu- actually educate people about that, do, yeah. is that is that a point where people are like, oh, actually that does not mean anything yeah. good but I also think like I also agree with you people trying to make it not they're trying to normalise it in a way because it's like you know when you say the n-word it's like you're talking about your like your brother your sister it's like black people are trying to make it a diff- give it a different meaning basically if that makes sense yeah. so I think that's why people use it a lot in the black community because it's like oh yeah. we're actually going to yeah. change the meaning of this word we're not going to link it with slavery we're gonna link it with something else like my brother mm. my sister my my friend but it still has that connotation yeah. you know yeah and if we want to eradicate it i personally think in my opinion to educate the up-and-coming generation and people now shouldn't be using it i don't bloody use it my parents didn't use that word yeah friends i hang around with i'm from london i don't got my mates i've heard it but I would not stand for if someone called me that. They'd know what. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy. No, of course, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I think with. I think the thing is that if you if you look at sort of um, sort of black culture from the sense of like Fifty Cent and Kevin Hart, 
to that stuff and they are exposed to that word all the time do you think that's that's like you were saying earlier yeah like, i think it is definitely know, because it is, is part of the problem because problem? you can't control who listens to the music you can't just say i just want black people to listen to my songs because then how are they going to promote themselves so people all over the world that listen you name it black people mm. um you know asians um everyone every like different people but that is where the problem lies mm. in because it's like oh now i could just go sing it and then people shouldn't be um, upset with it because it's a song so that's the, that's people's defense. People be like, oh well, actually, it's this, it's in the yeah. song. So like, yeah, what? do I not say it? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, because it's like you you can't pull people up. People yeah. you pull some people up on it. Sometimes they're like, well, it's in the song, mate. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, change the lyrics? Mm. You know, people are very you know naive in that sense as well. Yeah. Um, I just want to follow up on sort of like just to round, yeah. up, round it up on sort of like right. what we're talking about here, it's sort of like I looked at some sort of like research, you know, like one of the leading charities for racial equality is called Sporting Equals in UK. And they've yeah. done some research last year and they've sort of said that um, 80, 83% of people from ethnic backgrounds have experienced discrimination in the sporting industry, uh, yeah. which is really high. I was really shocked by those numbers. And only 8% of them felt that the discrimination problems had been resolved, like in society today. Um, wow. And that's really high. And then sort of like going on from there, that wow. study was done 2020 with the Sporting Equals UK. And then um, Bain done a study as well. And they said that in terms of racism, which we know is high now, with social media being on the news about it, for professional football has been abused and they reckon that 37% of professional footballers like have experienced racism obviously from social media but they believe within the working place as well so that is quite scary as well sort of like they're getting from fellow colleagues which I wouldn't have thought would definitely happen because you would have thought nice. within, within a team especially if you've done mm. team sport um you are you've got that camaraderie that unity so uh they didn't go i didn't read too much into more specifics of it if it's coming within the actual club environment but obviously mm. i believe like you said you end up with not singling out but obviously majority of bame is also battling another issue there's black players but the jobs for black managers you could pro if i asked anyone even if they didn't know football, name me a black football manager. Yeah. You can't, because there isn't any. I, I There's, There that isn't literally any. Where, especially in the sport world, I feel like that's where it needs to change. Because, you know, I remember I was talking to, I was doing research at university, just talking about, mm. you know, sports in general. I was looking at stats and, you know, there was barely, first of all, any female um, um, just coaches and staff wise yeah 100%, even yeah. in women's even in women's football you don't have a lot of females you usually have like male refs i think exactly. only recently in the past couple of years where you've actually started to see yeah more female referees because it was never a thing before mm. so it was now like every company every 
what they they have to have some sort of ethnic minority group or have some sort of like gender equality because that's literally what they're going mm. for now it's like i think it's like a literally like a checklist you need to make sure you have at least this many females this amount of ethnic minority groups but i feel like still clubs aren't meeting that standard i feel like if players were to see workers around them staff sorry around them uh, like coaches or you know um ssc play um um condition coaches actual football coaches around them i think they'll feel a bit more safe because it's like there's somebody else they can confide in and talk to about it mm. but you know if you imagine being a black player you're taught to don't get me wrong i'm not being yeah. racist here, but a white person about racial abuse you know not many white people have had racial abuse you know so it's like they might not actually understand where you're coming from so yeah. i feel like that's why some of the problems get unsolved because like i said again it's all about education and understanding what that player might be going through you know there's been times that players have walked off the pitch yeah you know? many times it many times and it's like they're like you know what For, forget about it i don't care about the money you're being racist to me you're throwing a banana no it's one time but i tell you got thrown a banana at um a banana i think in russia or something like that yeah you know? And he oh, kept yeah, on playing. He that. said, "No, nah, you're not gonna." But sometimes it gets a bit too much, and players are like, "You know, I'm gonna, I'm leaving because what? Why am I working my ass off here when I can't even play in peace?" You know. So I definitely think having more black people in that industry, yeah. whether it's sport, in fitness, having that all around rule might help. Exactly, mm. you know, that's what I said. I think it's always having more role models as well. When I look know. at, you know, women fitness, um, yeah. fitspos, inspos, whatever, I don't see many like me. So it's like, who do I look up to in the sense of, ah, mm. oh, I want to be yeah. like that girl, or this is who I aspire to be, or this is who's motivating me to be this. Because right now, I mean, I think mainly like my parents like both of my parents obviously they were playing football before and then obviously I stopped playing and also I think just me because I'm the oldest as well just me being the oldest in my family it kind of gives me that bit of a push because it's like I've got younger siblings looking up to me but in terms of fitness industry I can't say that's the thing that's the problem I actually I actually can't say hey this person That's is what crazy. inspires me. I can't because there's not many of us. See, that's that's a real problem because for me, having role models, which for me was typically was white males growing up, having role models in the yeah. fitness industry, so did make yeah, me want to go into imagine, fitness because you know you, know you you look around and um, loads of white males, loads yeah. of white females around. I can name a few. You know, <laughs> I, I can name a few of them, but. You know, if I asked you how many black fitness inspos you like, or how many black PTs you know are really big, you probably will struggle. You probably couldn't even think of one. But but that's yeah. it. That is literally it. So in terms of that, I just yeah. think yeah, just having more of us in the industries will definitely make a big difference because it's also about imagine you having a black coach educating other players about you know race and stuff. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's vital. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. before I go on to like, like the 
fitness coaches yeah. back in like in today's society at the moment. But like I've just done some quick research here, um, looking at in terms of football in the entirety of the Premier League football has been around for 20 years. Yeah. There's been nine black managers in the history. Can you imagine? In 20 years, nine. Uh, that's just in the top tier wow. division. But in the like, the whole entire thing, it's it, it's it's just, it's even less than that. So yeah, it's I'm just... Not, it, I'm not, the thing is, I'm not surprised. That's the thing. The, yeah. these, this is where the problem is. There's no, you don't get surprised anymore. People just like, oh, yeah, it sounds about right, you yeah. know? And, and and I'm just putting a quote out here. So Ryan Sterling put out a quote last year mm. saying there's not enough black managers to like what you said, Ayinda, there's not enough black managers to inspire young football fans or players. 100%. And he said there's only, and apparently the stats are six black or non-white head coaches in 92 clubs in the English Professional League. So six. you can imagine the prime... Premier League, you know, where quite a lot of black players. A lot of black players. players. Especially in the youth teams as well. I don't know if you look at the youth teams. Hell of a lot. Like the players the players coming up, the under-18s, the under-15s and stuff. There's a lot of black kids in there. Hmm. So it's like, who do they look up to? You know, who, you know, they can't say. They look at the... Uh, if I ask my little brother now, who do you look up to? He will name a black football player. Yeah, 100%. So... He will name. He will say Pogba. Yeah, that's it. Mm. So it's like it's crazy to me, and I think you know, like I said before, mm. I I totally agree with that. The stats don't don't shock me. It's it's one of those things where okay, so how can we help? And it's obviously hiring more black people. But I don't know what the problem is. Uh, I don't know why it's not a thing. It's probably probably like for us ourselves. It's probably. Um, you know, we've got to battle in this industry ourselves. So there's people that up and coming are probably thinking, do you know what? I'm not sure I want to go in that industry because I'm going to have think disadvantages against me before I even start. Yeah, I think people are scared. So That's there's it probably well. that as well. People are scared. And like, people are trying to be realistic. Yeah, and if you're being realistic, like, why do I bother yeah. if they're going to judge me anyway? And then if you're being realistic as well, by about the the black role models and white role models in terms of the fitness industry, even though he's a lovely guy, I I will mention the name Joe Wicks. Everyone knows who the hell Joe Wicks is. You yeah, could, yeah. no matter where in the world, people know who Joe Wicks is. And everyone knows who James Smith is. Uh, fair enough, he's not as much on terrestrial television, but James Smith. People, I I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, everyone knows James Smith, and everyone knows Joe Wicks. But you can't. I only can, in terms of social media, only because I follow social media. The only other big sort of one who's not white is PMAC, PMAC Fitness. Yeah, but that's only because yep. I've gone out and seen other people following him and realised he mm. he coaches not just white people but he coaches a lot of black celebrities but he talks about how hard he's been training for years mm. longer than the likes of Joe Wicks and James Smith yeah, he's been around for a, years thing. I remember one of my we once on the clubhouse we were talking about obviously fitness influence and stuff like that and one of them 
was on, I think, 40K followers. Yeah. But she's been doing this since 2012, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you think about 2012 to now, you, a normal, like, you know, person would normally be on, like, um, 100K plus. Mm. But it's just so much harder for black people. I don't know what it is, especially in the UK, because if you go to America, we were saying this as well on the clubhouse, that Americans... For you to like make out the hood or whatever, yeah. you've got to get a scholarship. Yeah? yeah, pretty much. So for you to get a scholarship, you've got to work yeah. your ass off again, work yeah. twice as hard as the average, you know, the, the white guy basically or the girl, whatever. So, mm. you know, being from, imagine growing up in America. So fitness is the only thing you can actually kind of turn to. Yeah. So we were saying how this Gym Shark, bear in mind it's a UK brand. It's got more American influences than UK because UK. I don't think they really. They don't. I don't think UK. They don't really care about fitness yeah. like that. It's starting to grow, but compared to America, because it's so much bigger as well. <clears throat> that's where the money is at. It's yeah, and and the thing is, well, I was studying the thing school, uh, in, Sorry, when I was doing my degree, that people at school hate PE. From the age we get to secondary sure. school, everyone hates PE. They don't want to do it. They're not looking forward to it. Everyone, especially women, like yeah. girls, hate it. Yeah. Obviously, you've got your menstrual you got your menstrual cycle, getting a change of other people. You know, you don't want to yeah. be sweating. You're, you're getting compared to the boys. The boys are faster, quicker, stronger. Kids hate PE mm. at school. But in America, it's like, Hey, I have to. You know, America, they have to do mm. PE. PE is the, on their curriculum from like because they have high school, so that's like from basically yeah. kind of like from primary school to um, um, college, and then they call college university. So yeah, so they have to do PE. It was in their curriculum, yeah. and if you wanted to get that scholarship, you kind of had to do a sport. And for mo- majority of the black um, athlete, it was track. Yeah, who can run the fastest? So from then on, it's like they've been drilled yeah. to always be living that healthy lifestyle, always being active. If it's not track, it's basketball, you know. So with England, it's just more of a oh yeah, I hate doing PE. Yeah. Like I know loads of my friends never looked forward to PE. I looked forward to it because I was always like playing football, whatever. So I was kind of used to it, but. You know, growing up in the UK, PE is not a thing. Especially if you're, like, black as well. It's one of those things where, you know, you would always get put forward to do the races. Oh, anyway. God, yeah. You know, the 100 metres. The 100 metres. Always sprint, standard. The, the 200. It was a standard. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, we'll just get the black guy to yeah. do it because he's the quickest one yeah. here. You know? So, yeah, I just think, like I said, it's all from, like, education. But I feel like the country as well we're very behind mm. in certain aspects of just being yeah. that ethnic, yeah. bringing the bane, basically having that of all around us, you know, even it's crazy. Even going to places like the dentist, the doctors, yeah. you know, um, you don't really. Yeah. I read a book about the doctors called, uh, I think it was called misdiagnosis. It was 
I was telling Ray about it. Um, I've been listening to it, I haven't fully read through it yet, but it's basically the whole concept behind it is how BAME groups yeah, basically get misdiagnosed. Don't in get the diagnosis as quick as they should do because they are, they are, they're meant to be seen stronger than others. Yeah, that was it. Do you yeah, know how many m- miscarriages, do you know how many people have died during childbirth mm. that they were black? I think it's like twice as many as a, a white woman. Because, you know, black people, is from things like that, even, mm. you know, people are scared to have kids because they're scared they might die in a hospital, you know, while giving birth. It's crazy. Mm. You know? Yeah. Would, what would you recommend to people listening to this? Like, if you could give them one thing to sort of go away I from this and either look into there, I think read, there's a list that like, what really helped me, even as a black person, there was a list of movies on Netflix to watch, documentaries to watch, books to read. Yeah, like, there was a whole list. So if anyone was to search on Google and just yeah, type in, you know, yeah, things yeah, to educate yeah. me on like, black lives, BLM, basically, there's loads of things on there. You know, not just, not just. Yeah. Because let's be honest, no, yeah, no one wants to read books after books. No. You know, still, yeah. there's still visual learning. There's films you can watch. There's things, yeah. you, there's documentaries you watch on YouTube. There's podcasts you can listen to, things you can watch. But I think it would be very naive to say that there's nothing out there to help people educate. It's whether you want to educate yourself or not. Even, that's one of the things, like, I'm glad you mentioned mm. the doctor's thing, because even when I go to the doctor sometimes, yeah, I'm like, I have to sometimes exaggerate, like, guys, I need... Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you shouldn't have to do that, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it's crazy, and I just feel like, you know, I've only just sort of um, touched the tip of the iceberg when it comes to reading into... Um, like fame and all this but you know it just the more you learn about it the more you look like even growing up i mean i don't even know if my sort of elder elder sort of uh grandparents was that new mm. doing that they would yeah. so you know and it was just how it was you know growing up and we didn't know any different but this is what i'm you saying know, like i, I all... find that like I said Crazy. before, I think I'm, you know, when I said um, no one's born a racist, because the reason I said that was because, you know, you've got generations of families, you know, and, you know, your generation, what you teach your kids is what your kids are going to teach their kids and so far and so far on. So it's just one of those things, well, if, yeah, education plays a part, you know? Yeah. That's just it, you know? And it's the same thing with, like, Racism, it's the same thing as well with religion. You know, there's so many things that yeah. people are so naive about, but obviously I don't want to go too into religion because it's off topic, but that is literally part of it as well. So, you know, a black Muslim might get treated different to, to a, you know, a white Muslim. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know, or a Indian Muslim, you know. It's so crazy. It's so insane. So many things go into yeah. that, but you know yeah all right yeah. well yeah yeah 
Yeah, Yeah, I think that's right. Oh, because honestly, we talk about this for ages, but I think it, for me, this has been a massive eye-opener still, and it always is, you know. It's just always another good insight, I guess. I say eye-opener, more of a good insight. Um, so, yeah,